morning and welcome to the Lotus Flower Podcast. I am your host, Reverend Dr. Pamela Robinson, coming to you today. This is truly the day that the Lord has made and we are rejoicing and we are glad in it. Yes. This morning, the Lotus Flower Podcast once again is here to equip, empower, and share culturally uplifting, spiritually relevant educational topics with our listening audience. The symbolic meaning of the Lotus Flower is that it grows in deep mud far from the sun, but soon or later, the lotus flower reaches the light to become the most beautiful flower ever. Its characteristics are perfect. They are a perfect analogy for the human condition. Even when its roots are in the dirtiest of waters, the lotus flower yet is the most beautiful flower. The very delicate flowers are likened to that of the lives of our podcast guests, many of whom's lives symbolizes the strength that lies in that very delicate lotus flower. You see, many of our guests can attest that their lives have once been lives that were oppressed, lives that that experience discrimination, lives that experience rejection, lives that experience calamity. Yet and still, they were able to push, push, push beyond life adversity. Why? Because they had a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that caused them to push beyond their circumstances and to bloom and to blossom into that beautiful flower that the Lord Jesus Christ had already knew that they would be before the foundation of the world. Yes, he did. So once again, the lotus flower, it's very important to this podcast because it is one that blooms and blossoms beyond whatever adverse situation comes along its path. And it does this outside of anyone believing that it's going to happen because it seems impossible. But we know with God, all things are possible. So once again, we want to encourage our listening audience that you are able to bloom and blossom outside of whatever situation that you're in and you're able to bloom into that beautiful flower and come out smelling like a fragrance that will fill the atmosphere with an aroma that will touch the lives of all that come in contact with you. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again to the Lotus Flower Podcast. Today, We invite you to listen to our robust podcast on Spotify, Reason FM, Amazon Music Podcast, Google Podcast, RSS feed, and Wix.com. Now, after looking at our podcast analytics, I found out that we now have 486 subscribers. What a blessing. Yet, we need your help. We need your help to help us grow our listening base. Our goal is to reach 700 subscribers by the end of this year. Yes, 700 subscribers. Together, we can accomplish this great goal. You might ask how, Dr. P? Well, it's simply this easy. I'd like for you to comment. I'd like for you to subscribe. And most importantly, I'd like for you to share our podcast with your family, friends, and social media network. Then we'll accomplish that great goal of reaching the 700 subscribers by the end of this year. 
And why is that important to us? It's important to us because the Lord Jesus Christ's word has to be shared amongst the people of our world in this last and evil day in which we're living through. He has given us a strategic mandate here at the Lotus Flower Podcast, whereby we're able to strategically share his word with our listening audience. We're sharing his word in such a way that people that may never enter into a church building will hear it. Someone might be scrolling through their computer or their phone at three o'clock in the morning and they may come across this Lotus Flower podcast and they may be listening to our guests as they share their beautiful stories of resiliency. And in listening to that story, that very person may be introduced to the Lord Jesus Christ and have a newfound outlook on life. So that is why we want to reach as many people as we can with this podcast that the Lord has strategically given us, whereby to witness and tell of his goodness. Today, without further ado, we have with us a very special guest. She is one of my very good friends and sisters in the Lord. And I just love her spirit and her smile fills the room. Yes, she's a very sweet young lady and her name is Jessica. Jessica Fitzgerald is the daughter of the Most High, Jesus Christ. She is a wife, mother, and friend to many. Most importantly, she is my sister in the Lord. Jessica works for State Farm Insurance. She has a bachelor's degree from Western Michigan University in personal financial planning and is completing her master's in organizational leadership. She will be completing that degree in June of 2022. Jessica has earned numerous other insurance and financial designations including the Chartered Financial Consultant, Chartered Life Underwriter, Fellow Life Management Institute, and Insurance Producer Licensing. She inspires to have her own State Farm Agency very soon. Yes. Besides her career, she also has a passion for the outdoors and especially bringing others out to the experience adventure in nature who may not have had the opportunity before. She believes God's beautiful creation all around us has a plethora of benefits for us and loves to be active outdoors and bringing others outside along with her. She has started Active Outdoor Connections and has a mission to love and work with the unserved community to experience God's world outside their own small section of it, to enjoy a healthy, active lifestyle, and to get outside of their comfort zone in a safe way to experience the great growth and joy that the outdoors can bring when going into nature, oftentimes for the first time. Welcome, 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 Jessica, to the Lurching Hope Lotus Flower Podcast. Yes, I am super excited that you have (laughs) said yes to being my special guest today. Yeah, I've been looking forward to it because I always love our time together. We are super excited once again that you're here and that you are going to share richly from your spirit on what the Lord has placed inside of you, Jessica. Thank you. Yeah, it's so good to be here, Pamela. I, I've thought about it um, lately. And when I was working with a lot of the kids last night at Youth for Christ, like I miss 
you know, our meetings and things that we had going before COVID hit and, and working with the kids and, you know, wanting to get them outdoors doing activities. So it had me thinking of that last night when I was playing with the kids. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about who you are. We'll start there. Yeah. You said you're Jessica. Yeah. Your beautiful bio, but go ahead and tell us a little bit about the backstory of who Jessica is. Sure. Yeah. This is kind of fun because um, it's kind of interesting too, you know, when you were reading off the bio that I've given you the different like education and things that I've done and been working on, but I didn't grow up with that background. My parents didn't go to college and, you know, we didn't, we were a really poor family growing up. And I think partly how my love of the outdoors came from, because that's what I would do, you know, when I was young, um, back in the day, you know, just running around outside playing with, you know, kids in the neighborhood. Um, we lived in an area where we had, it was like city still, but, you know, we still had trees and a, you know, a, a creek, you know, not too far away and stuff like that. So I just spent a lot of time just playing outdoors. We didn't really go anywhere. So we just did what we could nearby. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then just, yeah, just kind of, uh, just a brief overview of my testimony even, um, grew up off and on going to church and just learning about God and had some family um, that were in really instrumental in helping me to learn about Christ and what it means to be a Christian. And I still um, was kind of trying to do life my own, you know, grew up from a young age, um, you know, made some bad choices and, you know, became a parent at a young age and all those things. But wow, God can still use any of those hardships and hard times or you know, sinful things that we've done, all of that he can use for his good. And that's what he's done. I have been now born again, Christian for many, many years, and it's been just life transforming. I got to tell you. (laughs) Yeah. When I just, when I took away from having to lead, I always wanted a leader, you know, I really didn't grow up with a, you know, good father figure or, you know, leadership like that. So I've always wanted that. And so that's what we have in, in God, our real, you know, our father, Yes. And I was so, so blessed, you know, to, to find him or he found, you know, brought me to him and I accepted him. And then ever since, you know, I've not had to do life myself, which is great. That's good. That's great. Mm-hmm. And Jessica and I, we, we've met through a mutual friend that once operated a ministry here in Kalamazoo called the Women's Breakfast Club. And when mm-hmm. she connected us, it was on purpose because Jessica at that time, she was one of the volunteers for the breakfast club. And I was one of the uh, faithful attendants for many years with my good friend. And she connected us because Jessica wanted to reach out to unserved communities to introduce them to outdoor activities. And she knew that my husband and I had a ministry and we still do that we minister to urban youth and introduce them to outdoors. And so it was a marriage perfect. <laughs> yeah. And when we got uh, together, we just became instant friends and our spirits just really mashed together and God took it from there. And so we partnered with Jessica as she started her new found program entitled Outdoor, Outdoor Connections. And we partnered and we were able to actually host several outdoor activities for urban youth together at no cost to the families. And it was an amazing time until COVID came around. And then we kind of slowed back and we have not been able to do anything. Some of the activities that we were going to do and that we did do were backpacking, mountain biking, skiing, snowboarding, hiking, sledding, white water rafting, outdoor rock climbing and kayaking and canoeing. Those were some of the things that Jessica wanted to introduce urban underserved youth to because she knew that oftentimes those groups did not have an opportunity or may not to experience those types of activities. And I'm most grateful that she did just that. Now, I want her to talk a little bit more about why it was important to introduce urban youth and underserved people to outdoor activities. Yeah, thank you, Pamela. Um, 
I think what I, what I realized too, is God put this passion on me for the outdoors and just all of the benefits that he created naturally that we get from being outdoors, even if it's just 20 minutes, just, you know, being out in the yard instead of inside our home. Mm-hmm. And also just knowing the big difference on how limited, you know, you see with different, um, you know, different diverse groups that are not, you know, getting to enjoy the outdoors. And I, and I was doing some research to try to find out more about that and found um, one of the quotes I found on nationalgeographic.com, I'll read real quick, um, says communities of color are almost three times more likely than white communities to live in nature deprived areas. Mm-hmm. So not naturally having access to the parks and green spaces and rivers and stuff right there. So, and if people aren't growing up sometimes with having that little bit of space to run around, which I had a little bit of that when I grew up, even though I was still kind of city, but still lived on the little bit of the edge there. Mm -hmm. And you just, you don't get that experience and it can feel um, scary and overwhelming and all those things too, to possibly be out enjoying, you know, God's creation outdoors without having that exposure. And I, I just want to change this and not have that be the future for, I want everybody to get to see God's creation and all that we get from being outdoors and, and getting to enjoy it, I guess. That's, that's great. That's great. And then I, I have done some research myself as we prepared for our talk today and research shows that people of color are far less likely to engage in nature-based outdoor recreation activities. And it's historically based in discrimination. Why do I say that? Because the research that I did, it shows that firmly that people of color have been excluded largely from outdoor recreational areas such as your campgrounds and your large nature parks and all of those types of places and it might through my research that I did it says that participation in state and national parks which is a far greater than what you were doing it is definitely a roughly 30 percent of the people that participate in those types of activities um, are people of color and why is that it says once again that people of color tend to have a higher distrust in going out into nature. Why? Well, we tie that into something that's very current. Very current. We know way back um, roughly a year ago or maybe a little bit longer, we know that there was a a jogger, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ahmaud Arbery, he was jogging right there in in, uh, Georgia in the neighborhood. He was outside because he enjoyed being outside. He enjoyed running and spending time outside in his suburb. But when he was jogging through the through the neighborhood, he was confronted by some white men. And he was, even though he was unarmed, they began to chase him and they cut him off with their truck. And eventually one of them shot and killed Ahmad Aubrey. And we know that case is being deliberated right now. And the reason I bring that up is because oftentimes Black people, because of that, mm-hmm. it somehow it colors their opportunity to want to really be outside running and spending time in nature and, and all of that because they just feel as though something could happen to them that would not be as favorable. Yes, I I want to make sure that this is relevant when we're talking today and bring in these current topics. Yes, that is a a stretch of what could happen, but I know that people are concerned. When children play outdoors that are in the urban area and all, oftentimes, like you said, there's limited green space for them to play in. The parks are limited and nature is definitely limited. There's a lot of pavement around instead of trees and and flowers and grass and all of that. 
So they don't get that opportunity anyway. And so when when they're seen out running and jogging and playing in nature, it, it can come across a little bit peculiar. It just may not look like they belong there. And if they are not shown that through their experience, then they will come up believing that that is for that type of activity is, is for people that don't look like me. But I thank and praise the Lord that he put it deep inside of your spirit, Jessica, to say, no, that is not the way that the Lord would have it to be, that the Lord would have you all to participate in outdoor activities as well. And then we want to go further and say, well, why is it important for people of color, underserved populations, urban youth to participate in those outdoor activities? How do they benefit from them? And I wanna ask Jessica, since she's been working with urban youth for quite a while now, how do they benefit from being outdoors and being exposed to nature? Sure. Yeah, we will just touch on a few of them because, you know, we know we can make a long list of what the benefits are and why it's important to be outside. One of the main ones is just healthier overall. Like, like they say, even just 20 minutes of being out in nature um, can, it, it does so many things, increases our, you know, just happiness, just being out around the trees and away in a different environment. Um, it increases our access to vitamin D and all the different vitamins you naturally get from being outside. We tend to be healthier with lower blood pressure, lower inflammation, better eye health, mm-hmm. even if things like improved um, coordination from the physicalness of walking and maybe uneven ground sometimes when you're walking through the lawn and um, just improved immunity from the sun and plants and things that we get from that. It's just, it's kind of a mer- a miracle really, right? Like what what God created and how we benefit and how we need the oxygen from the trees and how it's all related to us being just a kind of a healthy individual overall. But besides all of the health benefits and better sleep and all of those things, um, it actually is found to bring more creativity to us. I -hmm. think because we're, when we're outdoors seeing and using all of our different senses, like, you know, seeing and hearing the different sounds of birds or, or, you know, a little bit of water noise or the leaves ruffling in the trees or smelling the different plants and the, the grass cut and things like that. It just, it helps open up so much creativity too. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else to add. I know there's just so much about, <laughs> I think it helps. One of the huge benefits I love too, for people to be outdoors is what it does emotionally and mm-hmm. like with our mental health, yes. like being able to relax, we have a lower anxiety, lower depression, lower, you know, all of those things are, are helped some by spending a little bit of time outdoors. Mm-hmm. And in the mental health part of it, um, because I am a mental health therapist, yeah. when you talk about that, let's, let's delve a little deeper into the mental health part and the benefits yeah. of that when being outdoors in nature, how, how does being outdoors in nature affect, even affect you if you're outside and Mm -hmm. you have mental health issues? I'm not saying that I'm saying that when you're outside, all of us have our mood, right? And we have the way that we feel some days we might feel happy. Some days we might feel sad. Some days we just might be blah, but Mm -hmm. something about going outdoors because I watch you on Facebook, all the things you do outdoors, the rock climbing, whitewater rafting. So when you're outdoors, Jessica, how does that affect your mood? Oh yeah, Pamela, good question. You know, one, if I probably could think of one word to sum it up for me of what usually pops into my mind is peace. Okay. I feel at peace. It's just almost being like in a different world when I'm out there and just, it comes to mind for me to know that God planted and grew and had this plan to make all of this beautiful, all these trees, this plants, all the little critters that are running around. It, it all is meant and and thrives together. Mm -hmm. And there's something about it, just peace. And if, or if I'm out on the water on a sitting on a kayak or something, I feel the exact same thing because I'm out surrounded by nature type stuff, some water, some trees, maybe at the shoreline. 
And that is always the word that comes to mind for me is peace. That's great. Peace. And um, that's a peace the Bible talks about that surpasses our very own understanding. Yeah. Sometimes even though our, our natural understanding and our natural way at that moment may be feeling heavy or sad or mm-hmm. depressed or down and downtrodden when God's peace comes because we're sitting out there in nature communing with him it takes over and surpasses even the way that we may be feeling at that moment and his Holy Spirit changes the way that our natural way is feeling at that moment to something that's peaceful and mm-hmm. all now imagine when you take a child from the inner city into an environment that's full of trees and beautiful streams and the grass and all of the nature, the rocks, the the, the sand, the dirt that smells so rich and all. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine what that does for that person's senses. It's like, I would imagine it's like a whole new opportunity to smell and breathe and enjoy something so much deeper and richer than they've ever have experienced before. Yes. Have you- it brings tears to my eyes right now. Just picturing you were, you just, how creative you were like describing this child or these children. And that is where my heart is. And so it's kind of got me teared up just thinking about it. Cause I want all kids to have that, you know, and, and to have that, the release that yes. you get from going outside of your just little normal comfort zone and, and how much each of us, especially children gains from, you know, being outside that comfort zone just a little bit, just to experience something new and see what it can do for them. That's right. That's right. So, so my question is then, um, how much are the cultural factors that influence us in a reflection as we uh, reflect back on the history of, of race relations in America related to out these outdoor spaces. So we can really kind of tie this into cultural relevancy. When we think about these things, you know that as a Caucasian woman, you are mm-hmm. free to roam and go and kayak and, and, and go to the, the, um, the mountains and, and the national parks and all of that. Yeah. So am I as a woman of color. However, we do know that there is a deeper systemic problem when yeah. African-Americans do access these places. And we've got to take a deeper look into what, what may have gone on to create this perception. So in researching the topic, I, I found that it goes back to, to ownership. Many, many years ago, um, the outdoor spaces were, were inaccessible to people of color because of the ownership back way back when people first started going into nature and camping and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Our history books, they tell us that those spaces were actually deliberately and intentionally insured for white people. There was a man by the name of John Murr, who we say is the founding fathers of the national parks. Now, John Murr, he reserved and owned these spaces and he made sure that they were only for white people. So when we take it way back to the 19th century and we look at the spaces and we look at African-Americans at that time and those those spaces that weren't for them. And you wonder, well, why weren't they naturally moved over to wanting to be outside and enjoying nature and all of that when they were able to here in the 70s, in the 80s, especially 90s and where we are now, back when we I said earlier, because there was yet still a distrust there amongst people of color it was yet segregated even in our national parks and in our forest areas and whatnot. And so when we moved beyond that and people of color were granted access to these spaces, they still had this perceived threat of violence and trauma Mm -hmm. 
that our people had experienced when they visited these places way mm -hmm. back during, well, they tried to way back in the fifties and all. And so now what we said, when you and I spoke about you, your heart is to bring these people, our, our African-American youth and our people that are unserved into these spaces. We want to make sure that when they are brought into those spaces, that we create a safe space for them and we introduce it to them in such a way that they will actually pass that down to their children and their great-grandchildren and it will become natural to them. Yeah. Yes. So, so how do, this is a really big question, Jessica, so I want you to think about it a little while, because, but you're doing just this. Even though you, you, you do it in such a way, it's coming from your spirit. So I don't mm. think you sit and write things down and write down. No. <laughs> but so I want you to, to be introspective with me today and, talk, and tell me about, you know, how, how do we address uh, racism in these outdoor spaces? So just kind of think about that a moment and mm. all, because I know that you and I have had a conversation that was similar when you told me a little bit about the uh, Boy Scouts of America. And, mm -hmm. and Boy Scouts, it's a wonderful organization. Just yeah. awesome, amazing and inclusive. So that's not my, my, my pick here. The thing is, I'm just trying to make an example whereby we had a conversation some time ago and you said, well, with the Boy Scouts, you know, if, if people are, are unserved and, and urban, coming from urban areas without a lot of money, Sometimes those agencies are unaffordable to them and all. And so you may not have as much participation in them. Now, that doesn't mean that there's racism involved, but that does mean that they, there, may, there may not be as many people of color involved in those spaces. Because I know you were heavily involved in mm -hmm. what you may still be. So from that, if you look at it that way, and I ask that question again of you, how, how do you think we can address racism in those outdoor spaces? Or if it, even if we don't call it racism, how can we address you know, the lack of participation related to maybe some financial mm -hmm. resources or just mm -hmm. having someone to walk them through like, like you are doing? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Probably one we won't know the official answer to it fully today, but I, I wanna definitely start to, to get into that and figure out what would help it. I think part of it is having people like yourself and I that have a love for showing the outdoors to others, right? And, and having like the training, like you, you and I have spoke years, I have a lot of training and different things related to outdoors and, and first aid and all of these things to help protect kids, right? That are new to the outdoors. Mm -hmm. um, so having safe ways and, and bringing those experiences for people just to try it can help get it started. And then for all, um, all of the kids, especially, you know, cause you, we speak mostly about youth, especially, but even adults need to be outdoors, but for them to see someone that looks like them too. And like you were mentioning with scouts, it's, that's not really been the case. There is, there is some diversity within, you know, kids, of course, that are in scouts and it's open to everyone. But as we know, it's still just a small number and it's a lot of things. I think it's the financial, just who, you know, a lot of people are going to invite or have part of their troop, people that are also in their same classroom or that are near them or look like them or that are part of their little neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So you don't get anybody else or any other diverse. And then I have a feeling other people would not maybe feel welcome then, of course, right? Or that it's for like, you kind of touched on it, like it's for them, like maybe that, you know, outdoors isn't for them because they don't see a lot of people that look like them that are out doing those things. Mm -hmm. So I think it just starts with, start small where we can, right? And introduce, and then I do think that it will transition down through generations, mm -hmm. just are, um, you know, the black community, just getting that experience, knowing that they can be out there safe. There are bad things that have happened and definitely have been in the past. There was tons of discrimination and segregation. Like we were talking about national parks. Well, for a long time, right. It was just for the white people. And then when they started to open it up more, then it was segregated. Okay. Then there was like the, you know, the blacks only or the whites only, you know, little 
restroom places or even limited parts of the park that they could go to. And they left all the other, probably what they felt was better for the white. I mean, so there's been all that that's gotten a lot better mm-hmm. over the years, but it's still something that is still, I think, um, from all the different articles I read, um, people of color do feel unsafe still in a lot of ways being out there. Are they going to like the, the gentleman doing the bird watching in the park in I think in New York. Right. Yes. And yes. then the, the, the white female just kind of attacking him. And for no reason that that story was just crazy. How, you know, how that went down and how she treated him. And he was somebody trying to be out in nature yes. observing the birds. And so people do have a real fear. There's really things that happen. Thankfully it's getting less and less. I feel like in general over the years. Yes. Um, but yeah, to go back to your question, I think just, I'm thankful that God put that love in me, that passion for me. Cause I, you know, I love people and I love the outdoors. So it goes together. Um, so I think we need to find more people like you and I that have that same love and love to work with people to get them out and get that exposure. Then and, and I think that helps start it from there. That's right. And when you said that, you know, they've got to see people that look like them. I I concur with that. They've got to see people that are African-Americans or that are people that are a lower income status out there Mm -hmm. participating in nature. We got to have more commercials on TV that are showing people that are kayaking, people that are rock climbing and whatnot. Got to include in our brochures, people, little little African American kids that are rock climbing and whatnot, so kids can see themselves doing that and say, "Oh, wow, I can do that." It's important, isn't it? Yes, it's very much so. And and I've noticed there are some companies that have been doing better with that. But then I just saw a commercial on the TV the other day it was showing people, I don't, it was like for some type of medicine or something, but it was showing people playing like pickleball or some activity outside. Mm-hmm. And that I realized that I'm like, there is not a person of color at all in this, like all these different people kind of showing in the screen, which I thought was just crazy, especially since I felt like other companies are doing such a good job, you know, with showing the more diverse of, yeah, everybody participates in these sports. So we need to, you know, show them so they can feel comfortable. That's right. And um, to reverse the effects of racism on the outdoors, we must push for policies that have racial and spatial justice at the forefront. Yeah. You know, by using our social capital through spreading awareness and demanding greater accessibility to the natural world for all, we would be granting communities who have been historically separated from these spaces an opportunity to enjoy them as well. That is why I'm very, so thankful that your program, Actor, Active Outdoor Connections, mm-hmm. has been uh, developed. Jessica, I thank and praise God that he put that burden on your heart and you pushed and you pushed and you pushed until you made sure that it was a program that was going to be in- inclusive of all children. And I watch you. I, I watch you grow through it, you know, when was at the beginning when you were somewhat uncertain of how it mm-hmm. would even manifest. But you took it by faith. You you took that scripture that says that we walk by faith and not by yes. sight. And substance is the is what is faith? The substance of things hoped for and evidence of things that are not seen. And you took that and you literally brought that scripture to life when you walked into something that you had no idea how it was going to go, but the Lord took it from there and he grew it mm-hmm. for you. And you came and you brought your, you know, we had um, a um, introduction to the program yeah. at our um, office building some time back and you brought your, your kayaks, right? And you brought yeah, like tents, tents and had things all set up, all the different gear for kids to see and, and kind of check out. Yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about that, that night that we did. Well, oh, I just saw a picture of that the other day that, that I think that you had taken or somebody had taken there and just, it, you know, brings again, happy tears to my eyes because so what we had done that night is had um, a tent and just had different activities like the sleeping bags out even and the kids they thought it was so fun just climbing in the tent that we had set up, you know, and just like 
laying out on top of the sleeping mat and sleeping bag and, and just poking their heads out of the tent. And that was just such a cute sight. I think we have a photo of that too, with a couple of the kids. Yes. And then we had some different equipment sitting out. And do you remember we, we um, heated up, made those little freeze dried meals. Yeah. So everybody could have some sample, like of something you might have while you're out camping and backpacking. And I think we even filtered some water. Yes, your husband <laughs> some... filtering water over there. Yeah. He was, showing, he was showing my husband how to how to do it for the kids. Yeah. And that was amazing. This was all happening at our office complex, the Emerging Hope Ministries, when Jessica and I and my husband and her husband, we all partnered together that evening to introduce those urban youth to this program that Jessica had started, the Actor, Active Outdoor Connections program. And we wanted to show the children at that time some of the activities that they would be doing and show them some of the equipment that they would be using. And many of them had never even seen a lot of that equipment. And so it was amazing. Jessica even set up in there a uh, hammock. And yeah. <laughs> remember? You said the yeah, so they got to sit and yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I, you know, in this, we had this um, kind of fun information night, like right before COVID hit, remember? Because we, yes. we actually had events lined up, we had kids signed up, mm-hmm. and then had to put things on hold, which was heartbreaking. And I know God will still, you know, be glorified at all of this, and we will still come through and, and be able to meet with these kids. But it was, it was fun to get the the excitement started and get the little bit of um, checking things out, right? Getting to see yes. what is it like or what is this equipment? And I don't remember all what we had. I think we had the backpacks and we had various things for the outdoor activities there. Yes, and it was all it was all at no cost to the families. All they needed to do yeah. was get there. And, and they did, and many came, and it was such a wonderful evening, and people walked away feeling like, wow, I've been exposed to something altogether different that I had no idea even yeah. existed, and that I could take part in, and you you and your husband, and, your, and there were, I think, some other helpers you brought with you, you really were just so nice, and loving, and welcoming, and non-judgmental, and just so, so te- you were so, um, mm-hmm. you did it in such a way that it was so teachable and, and easy. For, for them. And it felt like even though we were in a building, it felt like we were outdoors. Yeah, right. Yeah, we were in the building. But I mean, that's just where my my heart, I think God gave me a little bit of like a teacher heart too, because I just love to explain things and show people things and put everything in like, you know, easy terms, like this is what it is, you know, we don't have to have like so much education, I'm just going outdoors, you know, and this is one of the reasons why I, I have all that equipment, right? And why I buy so many things because I want to have um, this supply and I do and I'm and I grow it over time of backpacks, tents, sleeping bags. I have numerous of all of those things so that we can take youth out to try these outdoor activities and them not having to have because that gear is expensive. Not most people, you know, that is one of the um, big um, hurdles to people being outdoors is because normally you're using some type of equipment, even if it's just having a decent pair of shoes on your feet to walk around or to carry a backpack, to put some water and stuff in. I mean, there is gear for everything and that can, yeah. And so that's one of the big loves that I have is making sure to bring and have that gear available at no cost for people to be able to use and to be able to get outdoors. Yes. And, and you did just that. And it was amazing because remember we had, we had planned a trip to go camping overnight. Yeah. We were going to go overnight and that's mm-hmm. just COVID started coming through and, and, <laughs> you had, and you had already had all, you had the tents, Jessica, you had yeah. the flashlights that those children would need. You had, you know, the hot water for us to cook on. You just thought of everything. You know, I think our minister was going to supply the the van to transport the kids, mm-hmm. but you had at all the other stuff. So we assured the parents that there will be no cost to your children, even yeah. if they needed to have some boots or raincoats or whatever. We were going to make sure that they had everything that they needed to yeah. come out and participate in this outdoor program. And p- parents were just so excited about it and they trusted they trusted us. Now, why did they trust us? Because 
the parents, they had already had a relationship with me and my husband Mm -hmm. because we have a program ourselves, the Emerging Hope, you know, outdoor program that we've done for roughly 20 plus years with, with youth. So because of the relationship that they had with us, they trusted me because I trusted Jessica and Mm -hmm. Jessica had a relationship with me. I want our podcast audience to see how this goes with relationships Mm -hmm. and how, how you do get people to come and participate. They come out of a relationship. Oftentimes you can put something out on Facebook or in social media and people, they they may not know anything about it, but I'll tell you people of people of color and African-American people, we often operate out of relationship. We need to know who you are way back when people would say, when, when I brought a friend, when I would bring a friend home or an all, my mama would say, or my dad would say, well, who are their parents or who are they? Mm-hmm. They would say, who are their people like that? <laughs> so they needed to know who they were, where they came from, where they lived, what type of lifestyle they were coming from before they would let you be their friend. And it's probably the same in other cultures, but definitely in African-American cultures, they needed to know. And oftentimes for us to trust one another, we have to have that relationship in place. So I had a relationship and Emerging Hope had a relationship with a span of African-American children and youth over the years. And so when Jessica came aboard to partner with us, she she knew that we had this base already. And mm-hmm. I knew that I could trust Jessica not to re-oppress those kids not to treat them in a judgmental way, not to snoot their, her nose down at them or and make them feel like less than. She loved them and did not see any of their uh, deficits whatsoever. So I said, yes, Lord, this is the person that you have brought to us. Because Emerging Hope, our outdoor program, we at that time were focusing only on most only on summer activities whereby we were able to send children to camp, residential camp and day programs at no cost to them via scholarships and fundraising from from different individuals and the camps themselves. And we had did that roughly over 20 plus years until COVID hit. So we really were praying to the Lord at that time on how to actually broaden the program out to not only just being a summer type program with with some pop shots here and there of activities outside of summer. We wanted to do something broader that the kids could do in the winter and in the spring when, when those camps were closed and then also continue doing some other things in summer outside of just for your traditional camping or day programs such as glass making and those types of things. So as we prayed, the Lord put Jessica right in our mutual friends space and mm-hmm. they talked, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, they spoke together and God put it together. He put created, a, like I said, a perfect marriage between Jessica, yes. myself, my husband and her husband and the volunteers. And mm-hmm. from there, Jessica was able to really introduce our population of children to fall activities, spring activities, summer and winter, the whole gamut of seasons were going to be introduced to these young people, especially winter. And I want to, I'm going to put a a laugh behind this because many people of color, we're not a, a monolith. So I'm not saying it's all people of color. But there are many people of color that do not enjoy going outside in the winter, sledding and and jumping in off snow banks and going into the climbing mountains in the winter and all of that. We're saying, no, 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 that's not for us. But (laughs) Jessica and your love for the outdoor, even in the winter, they said, yes, we're going Mm -hmm. to try this because of the way that you brought it to them. And so tell me about that camp, that hiking trip that you all did with our ministry where oh, you yeah. took 
remember <clears throat> you took it had to be yep. at least 12 kids and their family and our volunteers you took them out in the winter and they they said yes they were somewhat yeah. apprehensive and they loved it we had a couple of these and one for the really big group we had i don't even there must have been at least 20 people that showed up because we had kids and some adults and right. we had to train we had to move the location because <laughs> earlier that day i knew I'm like oh I wonder if the trails where we were going to meet up are going to be ice because right. of the weather at that time. So then we, we transferred the event over um, to celery flats in Portage, yeah. right? We I think it's where we did, where we, we figured yeah. we went and checked it out. Okay. We can have, it won't be as much in nature walking on a dirt path, but the, that one wasn't going to be safe for the day. So we transitioned it right. to a little bit more cleared path and everybody still loved it. We were out there for yeah. a couple hours. Yes. Um, and um, it was, it's just fun. And I know we were talking about doing a ski trip that we didn't officially get to have, you know, because I think of the, the COVID again, you know, it was right around that time, but, but there were, you know, we had kids that were really excited about trying, you know, downhill skiing and enjoying yeah. being outdoors that way. Yes. And did, did you sense any of the apprehension or the uncertainty with the children because it was their first time doing something like that? Um, like with the, the outdoor hike that we did? It, yes. Oh, yeah, there probably a little bit. Um, what I think helped is just if us adults are organized, right? No, like we brought um, backpacks that day with, and we had a whole bunch of water bottles and snacks. So mm -hmm. if you make sure that basic needs are met and that people feel like they have those needs, like they have a drink, they have a snack. We're not, you know, we know where we're going. We're not going to be lost. The relaxing comes then. And, you know, we brought like a little football type thing to pass around and just made sure that it could be fun and enjoyable while we're also being out in nature and got to walk along a creek and got to see some, you know, different birds and activity like that too, while we're out there. Mm -hmm. And you were, and you were uh, actually using all of their senses at that time, the sense of touch, the sense of smell, the yeah. sense of touch, <laughs> sense of sight, you were able to actually use, utilize all of those senses on that particular day. And that is in itself is learning. And that's what I love about it. I tell people this is my secret about this camping, <laughs> camping and outdoor nature, because I am, like you said, I'm a, I am a teacher at, at heart as well. And I love to teach children about new things. But sometimes kids, they are not trying to get out and learn about you know, like this is a classroom. Right. So you have to be strategic about it. Yeah. You know, and I was like, wow, they don't even realize that they're actually learning about things as they're having fun. We're actually teaching them strategically about their senses and how to utilize them and mm -hmm. how to actually build a tool set for themselves to take away something that will benefit them not only in outdoors but that that you teach them about how to be organized don't you know that that's a transferable skill that yeah. will follow them into another area of their lives especially in the classroom where sometimes they may have a little more difficulty but you Jessica you're teaching them how to be organized how to make sure you have this in order? How do you make sure you have this plan before you go? What mm -hmm. do you do with it when you get there? And also you're teaching them about sharing. How do you share with someone else? And how do you get along with others that may not look like yourselves? God has given you a mandate that is off, awesome and amazing. And you have taken that mandate and you have definitely taken it to where the Lord would have you to in terms of introducing the African-American youth and urban under-resourced youth with the opportunity that many of them would never may have had. And I thank God that you are willing to be stretched outside of your comfort zone and utilized by the Lord. That is what I need our podcast guests to actually get from this. It's another nugget. Mm -hmm that we've got to be able to trust the Lord to take us outside of our comfort zone and be used fully by him. He has a destination that he wants all of us to reach. And how do we reach that destination? We reach it through a relationship with him first and foremost, because mm -hmm. when that relationship comes, we trust the Lord. 
But then when we began to trust the Lord, we got to listen to what he's telling us to do. He's the ultimate instructor. And when we give our hearts and lives over to him and begin to trust him, he will tell you what ministry he has for you and what your purpose in life is. It started back in Jessica's childhood when she was out there playing because they didn't have a lot of resources as a kid. She told us that. But she was out there playing in nature, playing in, in, her, in her neighborhood and all. Little, lo and behold, you had no idea that the Lord was already at that time planning within you a love for outdoors. Now, look how God works. Oh, it, it, it just kind of blows my mind, Pamela, because to think about he has been setting me, you know, I've been talking to him, praying to him, show me, how do you want to use me? What is, you know, for, for quite a few years now, and he is faithful. He, I firmly believe that that's why I've had years in like the scouting program and going out, doing all these different trainings to be a good outdoor leader, like just getting these exposures, working with kids, you know, with your organization work, I work with youth for Christ now with the kids there. And I do these different things. And I know that it's all because God wants me to work with youth and reach them in the ways that we've talked about today. And it, it just, it just, you know, it, it makes me smile, right? It just warms my heart to know that he has a, a purpose for me. He has a use for how he wants to use me and how I can glorify him here on earth. Yes. And it just brings, it just brings joy to me to know that you are just so open and so loving and so selfless, Jessica, the way that you give, you know, I, as when I first met you, when you were serving in the women's breakfast club and how you served there so selflessly, it was so early in the morning and the volunteers, <laughs> yes. you being one of the volunteers had to get there even earlier. Like six or I don't remember how early. <laughs> and you, you didn't even look tired. You were just all bubbly. You and you, I think, were at the front, one of the greeters that may, and that's the point put point person when <laughs> people first come. They don't want to see someone that's grumpy and like, oh, but no, you were just so <laughs> loving and gracious. And so it just set the tone. So the Lord knew who to choose for this program and to work with his children that he loves so much. And through this program, even though you're taking them out to nature and introducing them to, to that, you're also introducing them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. And that is ultimately the goal. Yes, that is the goal. Whole thing. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. And I, one of the things that I thought was, in, and probably with my research and why I love being outdoors too, and, and connecting with kids that way is because. Jesus did, I wrote down at least 50% of his ministry was outdoors, yes. you know, and he would go away to the mountains to pray. And, and just so many things about how Jesus lived and how he connected with others was in the outdoor type settings. So <laughs> it works out perfect, you know, that I can try to, you know, do the same in, in somewhat form. Yeah. Yes. Isn't that amazing how 50% of his ministry was outdoor yes. and all. And yep. yeah, yes. <laughs> And the Lord has brought that full circle back to back to you and what you're doing. And so I'm so grateful. Before we end the podcast, though, I do want us you to tell us a little bit about the things that you're doing now. You've got some very exciting things going on. I read your bio that you're yeah. going to be soon finishing another degree and also soon opening your own state farm agency. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. And I've, I've, you know, I've, I've worked for state farm actually since I was 17, 18 years old. So, um, for in different roles and then just more recently, it's becoming a, a really good time in my life to now like have my own agency and have another way to reach people and to be able to be a part of communities and have the funds to do more in the community. And so I've been getting my insurance licensing after all the other, you know, education that I've had and actually coming up in two weeks, I'm taking, um, a securities financial exam to, so I can end up helping people with all their saving for the future, you know, with investments and mutual funds and, and yeah, finishing my master's um, in leadership, because mm -hmm. regardless if I have my own agency or what I'm doing, you know, I know it's going to be 
making a difference and help in leading people, whether if it's just kids or do I, you know, do that and have a business and helping people in another way? I don't know. God will continue to show me though. (laughs) So all my faith is in him. So I'm just trying to um, do what I feel like God's put in my path to do and, and um, just, you know, wait for, you know, for the hope to see, you know, what is, what his plans are for me. That's, that's great. That's great. So it sounds like you are, I would say, a, a learner that we call a lifelong learner. Yeah, probably me. Yes. Right? <laughs> okay. yeah. I don't think I'll ever stop. I, I love reading and, and, you know, tons of, of course, you know, going to school, doing all those things. Um, even once I'm done with my master's in June, I'm sure I'll be on to something, you know, else at that point that I want to continue to develop. So Dr. Jessica. (laughs) (laughs) It's, um, it's been a joy, but I also know I really want to spend more time with, you know, like what we've been talking about today with the the active outdoors connection and having you. So I, there could be, I think I envision more training and different things that I can do to really, um, you know, make that bigger and better. And especially with kind of now that we're getting a little bit more past COVID or almost yeah. it's things are going to start to open up a lot more. So I'm going to put a lot of time and um, energy into the, the programming for the kids. That's great. That's, that's great. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our podcast audience that I, maybe that I didn't ask you before we close? <clears throat> No, I don't think, I mean, I think the couple of things that really came to my mind when we were talking and you did touch on one is just getting outside that comfort zone. Mm -hmm. That is one of the draws to why I love to put myself out there always. I mean, just a month ago, I was giving my testimony in front of like 50 people right at youth for Christ. And however, Mm -hmm. God wants to use me. I want to say yes and be there. And I know how much we grow when we're outside our comfort zone a little bit. And so that's what I want to help the youth with as well. Okay. It's just a little bit of going outside that comfort zone and just what it, it's like, it rewires the brain, like everything it, it hits on and gets moving. And I know that that can just carry forward in the lives of everybody going forward, right? Like hope yes. maybe they'll want to do more outdoor stuff or no, regardless of what challenges come up in life, you know, you can get through it. It's mm-hmm. a challenge. Don't be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. If just going outside that comfort zone, because we're going to grow and grow. And it's, it's definitely transformed me over the years. You know, right. I would have probably never guessed that I could be so open and talking in front of groups and, yes. you know, loving to speak with people. I, you know, I don't even know sometimes right. and just building relationships with people all the time. And that I probably wouldn't have guessed years ago would be me. Right. Yes. yes so. That's right. That's right. But because you were willing to take your hands off the wheel. And yes. The that was a big part of it. The steering of the car, yes. you became who you are and you're becoming even greater the woman that the Lord would have you to become because you're blooming and you're blossoming into that lotus flower. Yeah. That we talked about. That beautiful lotus flower. So thank you, Jessica, for being one oh, of my special you. lotus flower friends and sisters in the Lord. Now, would you mind praying us out before we close? No, I would love to. Okay, thank <sighs> you. Oh, Father, thank you for this time and um, as and just the joy that um, I know I got to have and probably Pamela too, as we were working on preparing and knew that we were going to have a talk today with each other. And I just pray that whatever we talked about today, it brings glory to you and that somebody else listening to the podcast can hear it and, you know, maybe it can help them to know it's a good thing to get outside of our comfort zone a little bit and to also know that what we get just by stepping out in your nature for a little bit is just lifelong benefits and, and, and growth that we can have that is good for us. And father, I pray all these things in your wonderful son's name. And thank you so much for all that you have done with um, Dr. Pamela and I, and how you use us and please continue to do so for your glory. Love you. Amen. Yes, in Jesus' name, thank the Lord. Once again, you may listen to the Lotus Flower podcast on the following robust, feature-rich platforms. Spotify, Reason FM, Amazon Music Podcast, Google Podcast, 
rss.com and wix.com. Be sure to help us meet our goal of 700 subscribers by the end of this year. Yes, 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 we can do it. Can't we, Jessica? Yes, we can. <laughs> With your help, we can do it. So like, share, and most importantly, subscribe to the Lotus Flower Podcast. Share, share, share with your family, friends, and loved ones. And continue to fill the atmosphere with positivity and with the natural fragrance of the Lotus Flower. Thank you all for listening. Thank you so much, Jessica, for joining us today. Oh, I have been so glad having this conversation. Me too. Thank you so much for having me on. It was so wonderful to see you and to get to talk with you again. God bless you. God bless you.